Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That's it. There's a new member of the Final Four Club. And they hail from Lubbock, Texas. Celebrating in the streets in Lubbock. Wow. Because Texas Tech Monday night will be playing for the National. Championship. Welcome one, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast powered by Guns Up Nation. You are on once again with your boy, I'll be sure. And today we are previewing Texas Tech versus TCU. That's right, it's homecoming people. And so because of that, my home, my gang, we're all here, including my right-hand man, Dylan Smythe. What's up, Dylan? Win or lose, we booze. And this weekend, we might just black out. Oh, that was good. <laughs> That, that was that, nice. That was nice. That other voice you thank hear you, thank is you. Jeremy Gillen. I really, that yeah, was no, Dylan, slick. I, you know what? I'm actually upset that I didn't think of it myself. Uh, what's up, Jeremy? Oh, man. That, that was so slick. The more I sit on that. Dang, that, Dylan. bro. Uh, oh, that, that was off one. the cuff, too. That was good. Let's talk football. That's impressive. So, you know, so that's, I mean, that's the mood that we're in right now. I mean, it's, it's homecoming. Dylan, I think you said you're going to the game, right? No. Dylan will not be there. You're I might go to the, the game? game. Oh, okay. Well, you know, Dylan, Dylan, obviously. I, I'm bad luck. I'm bad luck. You don't want me there. Uh, no, this pod is bad luck. <laughs> that is true. Dylan was at the Tech uh, Texas yep, game. Yeah, that Austin. is true. So, yeah. yeah oh, that's so, right. okay. Here we go. Uh, all the games I've been to, we've won. Of course, we played nobody. Uh, Dylan went to Texas, went to Austin. We lost. We got smacked. So, Dylan can no longer go to Tech game. And then, uh, the, FIU. Yeah, and I went to Morgan. F- not FIU. Uh, SFA counts as a moral loss, and you were there, so. <laughs> okay, so I'm on the fence, but we, still but won. we won. We're still, we're still. So we may find out Saturday. Won. So I mean, a big thing we got to figure out in this game is whether or not we're going to win this game against TCU. A, a big toss-up, I, I, I would say. I mean, it's t- Texas Tech was very impressive last week. Though it was a three-point win, we had a mash unit out there. I uh, would ha- feel like half the team, or at least half of our best players, out for the game. Still one on the road, still beat a very good West Virginia defense. And now we're playing a really good TCU offense, right? With Max Duggan at quarterback, Zach Evans at running back. This is an offense that has put up points this year. But oddly enough, we're talking about TCU and we're talking about their offense, not their defense. Their defense has kind of been pretty crappy, giving up 35 points a game against FBS opponents. Uh, Jeremy, I mean, what do you, th- what is, 
what is there to make of this TCU team? Uh, I think like you pointed out well, the, first of all, defensively, this is not a TCU team that we're used to seeing. I mean, Gary Patterson has been kind of the head of the defensive front as far as the Big 12 is concerned. Whether or not how good or bad TCU is doing, always a tough defensive struggle. Now you go on to the other side of the ball, and Max Duggan and Evans have looked tremendous uh, for TCU's offense here, uh, this year. What has been lacking for me is a really strong receiving game. But I think that a lot of TCU fans don't really care about that. And they're just saying, feed Evans the ball. I think that's the TCU sentiment right now is just hand Evans the ball and let him do what he's been doing best. And against the Texas Tech team, I can understand why that's their first go. You know, most people would say passing game. You, Jeremy, you say receiving game. And I respect that. Changing it up on, <laughs> on everybody else. <laughs> Dylan, what do you think about this TCU team? You know, you, you kind of mentioned at the very beginning when you set this up, uh, mm-hmm. a, a team that's better on offense than they are on defense. And for a, a team led by Gary Patterson, that's not something we say very often. Um, you mentioned Zach Evans. He's he's the headliner. He famously what quit on his team in the high school playoffs. Got kicked off of... Uh, uh, Ohio State decided we don't want him no more, and he ended up at TCU. And TCU is happy to have him because he is a great back. I mean, yeah, like Jeremy said, feed the guy. That's the game plan. Um, and and Max Duggan has improved, and uh, that should give Texas Tech fans a little bit of pause. Yeah, I mean, look, Max Duggan is a scary quarterback. I, I you know, I, we made fun of him a few years back when he was young because he he was much of a thrower, and he's still much more dangerous with his legs than he is with his arm. But I mean, he has a cannon. He's a dangerous quarterback, and especially in a league without a clear best quarterback, Max Duggan definitely still has to be one of the ones you mentioned when talking about some of the best quarterbacks in the league. Um, and we already know just how much historically Tech has struggled with running quarterbacks, with mobile quarterbacks, and we've kind of only went up against one this year. And got thrashed by him. Um, so, are y'all scared about the prospect of Max Duggan using his, using his arm and his legs against his defense? I mean, if you if you remember what happened last year, you should be scared of Max Duggan's legs at the very least. Um, and, and I mentioned, I think he's improved as a passer. His his uh, percentage, his completion percentage is still leaves a little to be desired. But yeah, he, he's definitely improved. He's got that arm. And, and yeah, we definitely should be scared of the legs because if you remember the second half of last year, that dude ran all over us. Yeah, I mean, what, J- what Dylan's alluding to is basically in the second half when Sonny Cumbie was the offensive coordinator for TCU, uh, they just they decided to stop passing. They said, Max, why are you passing the ball? Second half, just run it. And it worked. I mean, we couldn't – what was a very close game – uh, until Max Duggan decided to run the ball, became not a blowout, but kind of busted the game wide open for TCU. Once they decided, I mean, they can't uh, tech defense can't stop. Yeah, I mean, we had this fear last week uh, with West Virginia's backup Garrett Green, and to our benefit, Neil Brown didn't play Garrett Green very much. So the hope here is like, what is how is TCU game planning this? Because while on the one hand, last year you did end up pummeling Texas Tech with the run game throughout the entire second half. This year, Texas run defense is a little bit more formidable, and so, you know, if I'm Texas, if I'm if I'm TCU, and I'm looking at Texas Tech's tape right now, it's okay. The run game outside of Bijan Robinson doing Bijan Robinson thing, the run game is actually has been pretty stuffed against Texas Tech, and it's through the air that's been decimating the Tech defense, and especially with a lot of Tech defensive backs out. So it's really like TCU may be strongest in the run this year, but their better chance actually in this game may be passing it. 
which is putting up. We'll see. The, well, the interesting thing you said there, as far as like, if we take out the Bijan Robinson game, we take out the Texas game, which I I do think that Texas game, especially on defense, is an outlier because we're not. I mean, look, I, Lord Jesus, I pray we don't give up seventy points again, right? But I will say this is Max Duggan and Zach Evans is the closest thing to. Casey Thompson and Bijan Robinson, we're going to see this year. You know, they're, I mean, they're not too far off. So if the recipe for us getting smacked like we were against Texas is a Casey Thompson, Bijan Robinson duo, this doesn't bode well for Texas Tech's defense in this game. I hate that the comparison is to just another team in conference. <laughs> I hate that. Round three, as Matt Wells would say. <clears throat> yeah, it's, well, I mean, and you, and you hate it because it's, that's not true, right? Like this is every team is different. Every team is is a little bit um, nuanced. So that's I think that's my thing is is that though Texas is an outlier, this is a very similar situation. With the exception of, I mean, like you said, Jeremy, their passing game isn't their passing game does leave a lot to be desired. Their passing game isn't as as robust as Texas's is. I mean, their their lead receiver right now is Tay Barber, who still hasn't eclipsed two hundred yards on the season. Um, they have a couple other guys, but yeah, you're right. The receivers aren't big name guys. Max Duggan's not a big, you know, uh, going to spread the ball out 50 times, but when he does throw it, a lot of times it can hit big. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. I think that that receiving room does leave a little to be desired for TCU. I mean, Tay Barber is someone we've been high on, on, on this podcast and still someone I'm high on, but they just don't, don't seem to use them a whole lot. Well, and then uh, last Jay- week we got it. I was going to say J.D. Spielman is someone that they, that TCU people that we brought on our podcast hyped up. Eh, I don't know. Yeah, and last week, Quentin Johnston uh, goes down with that knee injury, and they don't know if he's going to be ready for Saturday. So you t- you're getting, taking another element yeah. out of it for it, for the TCU's passing. Well, so flip that on for Tech's secondary. <laughs> I don't want right? to go there. So right now, we already know Muddy Waters. <laughs> we already know Muddy Waters is out for the year. Um, Demarcus Fields is still in concussion protocol. We'll see if he's going to be ready for this. I don't know if you've heard anything, Dylan. You're our kind of a resident resident injury report guy. But um, uh, uh, as far as I'm concerned, he's still on injury protocol. He's still on a um, uh, concussion protocol. Reggie Pearson, from what I last I checked, is also questionable for this game as well. So we're kind of have in a situation where our secondary also is dealing with injuries just as much as TCU's receivers are and luckily we have depth that we haven't had in secondary before but it's still injuries still suck Matt Wells has played this very close to the vest he won't tell anybody anything about who's coming back you know even even down to like Eric Izukama we 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 don't know if he's coming back so I I would expect to see a few of them I how long do concussion protocols usually last it may be two weeks so Next week, you would think we would have them all back, but you would hope to see a few of them back this week. But in terms of any certainty, I don't know. So who do you expect if we if the second and we're talking about Texas secondary right now to step up if we still see the absences of Fields and Pearson? And I'll let you get that one, Jeremy. Yeah. um, I mean, you put last game, you pointed out. who were you talking about last game? The Adrian Taylor. Oh, Jefferson? you did talk about. Oh, sorry, I was thinking about somebody Rayshad else. Rashad Williams. Uh, 
You did bring up, yeah. So Rashad, Rashad Williams, Williams is the guy that I was really uh, that last game, well, this season that when he's come out, he's made an impact when he's on the field. Now, Dadrian Taylor Dimerson has also done that. He did, I didn't see too much of him in the West Virginia game, and I think I was pure. I, I was eyeing him out more because you brought him up, Alby. But somebody that I'm looking towards if I'm on the def- if I'm at defensive back is either Eric Monroe because of his veteranship or Adrian Fry because of his 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 um his resume like Adrian Fry is a is a great defensive back who when he made that when he was forced into that switch kind of went down but then they brought him back to his original position and he's been playing a lot better and a lot more natural so it's not like we are completely it feels like we're depleted because of who we have out but there's a lot of dudes out there between Adrian Fry between Dimerson between Williams between Monroe that can play effectively at the defensive back like we don't need absolute studs if these guys are all playing as a unit which is what coach jones wants them to do so i'll say this and i was gonna say this about eric Monroe, but adrian fry is another good example of guys in the secondary those two in particular that have a lot of variants both eric Monroe and adrian fry will make a play that you're like oh there we go that's the guy type of guy we need and then follow it up with a 15 yard face mask like Eric Monroe did last week, or like just getting beat deep, like Adrian Fry has done a couple times. Like both of these guys are just, I think consistency for both of them will be big. If Eric Monroe and Adrian Fry have a consistently good game, oh, they're one of the best secondary people we have on the entire team, injuries withstanding. But it's because of that variance, because they will follow up a great play with a terrible play, is the reason why they've kind of been in the doghouse for the last year and a half. It may continue to be, but with those injuries clearing up, like you said, Jeremy, I do think it gives them an opportunity to really get get more chances and get more chances. Hopefully not more chances to mess up, but more chances on the field in general. So let's, as we, so we kind of talked about the receivers and the secondary, TC receivers versus Tech secondary. I want to, before we kind of switch to the other side, I do want to talk about the front seven. We talked about Zach Evans and Max Duggan. We know that that's going to be a big piece of TCU going forward. They're going to run the ball in this game, no question. So what do you expect our front seven to be able to do in this game, Jamie? So, I mean, I think that I spoke I spoke to it, but I like our I like our rush defense. I like the way that the front seven is able to force the issue against offensive lines, push gaps out of the, like, just create chaos of the game plan. And that really starts down with Jalen Hutchings. I mean, Jalen Hutchings has done a tremendous job all year long beating his offensive lineman. Now, if the play gets up in his hands or not is one thing or the other, but like, he has won the one-on-one battle most of the time. And whenever it's like, oh my God, this quarterback has forever forever to throw. I want you to look at where Jalen Hutching is because usually they've got two offensive linemen keying him up. And the problem there is that we're not blitzing and we're not punishing him for that. But people like Jalen Hutchings have been really coming so through. Um, oh, just, oh, just got ahead of myself. But they, Jalen Hutchings, it starts with Jalen Hutchings up front. I will say, and, and a lot of people blame our D-line. I, I really don't think it's the D-line themselves. I think Tyree Wilson's done a good job this year too. I mean, that's another one guy that needs. Yeah. We, we haven't talked about him enough. I thought he. I think he's played really well. He's this flashed. Year. It's just. It's so hard to be six. Play three on six. Three yeah. on five. Every play. It is just so difficult. Dylan, what were you? I, say? I was just going to mention. Yeah, basically what you just said. While we have a three man front, and occasionally, uh, not occasionally, most of the time we don't get anywhere with that three man front. Our three man front is really good. I mean, Jalen Hutchings, Tyree Wilson, who has flashed in the last few weeks. He's it's not consistent enough, but he has flashed. He's shown us 
he's got something. And then Tony Bradford, like that's a great three man front, but you're right. We just, we, we've got to bring a little bit more. And uh, I, I really expect this, this front seven to, I don't want to say handle the TCU run game, but I, I think they could slow it down. I think they could force TCU to try and pass the ball. And, and I think that's going to be key in this game. So I'll say this, as much as we have advocated and begged Coach Patterson, who listens to the podcast, he's friend a, of the he, he, he loves us. He listens to us every week, of course, um, to blitz. I don't think he blitzes in this game, and I'll tell you why. Max Duggan and Zach Evans, and, I, and we keep bringing them two up because of just how dangerous they are, but I don't. I think he's going to be a little bit worried about them, and blitzing leads holes open a lot, and so I think he's going to have the linebackers stay home a lot, which means that when Max Duggan goes step back to throw, he's going to have time. I think this is a game where Max Duggan has plenty, may actually um, eclipse his his passing total for this year. I got I to gotta look up and see what his passing total is. I'm sure it's not very high. But <laughs> but I do think this is the, the game where he is able to at least show just how good of a passer he is because we're going to only – we're going to sit back on him. We're going we're gonna to basically dare them to pass the ball, and so I don't expect us to rush or, or to uh, rush more than three very often. I'm trying to think of a game. There was a game that we played – oh, man – 276 against SMU. That's his That's his total. I think he gets about that much against us. Yeah, that game. feels about right. Um, I can't remember what game it was. I think we were playing West Virginia at home, and basically it was just Dakota Allen playing spy the whole game because we were worried about uh, the dying, like this, like this ability of Rudd and all of that. And, but, but Dakota Allen playing home pretty much every down really stifled the way that West Virginia was expecting to get the jump on text defense. And I think if I, I have no problem for, with Patterson, if he decides to negate the blitz and go with more of that spy look, just so that we can ensure, because, you know, I mean, if he's got all day to throw and our defensive backs are playing well enough or whatever, like I'll, I'll take that versus, Oh my God, well, we just let him run for 30 yards, you know, cause that's a lot more, that that's hard, man. That's hard because it's like, okay, well, now we have to continue to. I I just I try to get ahead of that, and it's it's stressful already. I love that idea. I think that's a great. And it'd be Rico most likely would be the guy that'd be spying, and I think that's a, a absolutely fantastic idea of having that spy over Duggan to where okay, we're you want to sit? We're gonna we're gonna rush. Three. You want to sit back there? That's fine, but you're not gonna yeah, be able that's to, it. to to scramble out out here. Uh, and if that does happen, we know that Keith Patterson listens to the pod. <laughs> we know he got it from Jeremy. He hey, it there it is. <laughs> there it is. So let's switch it. Let's go to the other side of the ball. Uh, because we talked about TCU's offense and how good they've been. Because they had to change an offensive coordinator. And who knows? TCU fans have been complaining about their offensive coordinator for so long with Sonny Combe and how awful he was. And they got their boy Doug Meacham back. So their offense has looked, looked pretty good with Doug Meacham. But our offense hasn't looked too shabby either with Sonny Cumbie. This might be one of the rare situations where both sides are happy with the improvement that we've gotten. So Sonny Cumbie's going to want this game badly. He's going to want this game badly. What can we expect from Sonny Cumbie in this game, Dylan? You know, I I expect him to impart some knowledge on us. You know, I, I hope we have some insider information on what TCU wants to do. And, uh... I think this is a week that's going to be big for not only uh, Sonny Cumbie, but but Henry Columbia. I mean, he's been great. 
as a fill-in quarterback. And uh, I I think this is a great opportunity against a team that's traditionally a great defense. But I I think this is a great opportunity for him to attack a team's weakness. Yeah, one thing is Henry Columbia has shown in the game and a half that we've seen him, his arm talent is vastly improved. There's, there's, I, there's, we, we, there's no need to debate it anymore. This is not the same Henry Columbia when it comes to throwing the football that we saw last year. So anything that you thought about Henry Columbia from 2020, erase it. It's not the same quarterback. He, this is a guy. There, the playbook hasn't really changed from Tyler Shuck to Henry Columbia. There's an argument that uh, that uh, Cumbie is more comfortable with with Columbia throwing the ball downfield. But I mean, at the offense scheme and everything like that itself. It, it really hasn't changed. We're, we're still doing the same thing we would, were. And from seeing Columbia in the last game and a half, maybe they weren't lying when they said that. I think you you brought it up last week, Dylan, but maybe they weren't lying when they said that Columbia really pushed Chuck for that starting job because I don't see a, uh, a drop in talent. And, and Matt Wells reiterated that this week. He, he said again that Henry Columbia pushed Tyler Shuck up to the last minute, you know. And, yeah, we talked about it. It sounds like coach speech, but – as we move forward, it, it seems like there was some truth behind that statement. I have no, I have no problem. I, this narrative start is starting to pop up a little more because of Cumby coming from TCU. That oh, you know, Cumby may have the insider information. Cumby may be able to like everybody's like looking for this. Uh, I don't know the water boy moment where it's like oh, I've got your playbook, you know, and oh, the whole game's changed now. And but I'm. I don't care about that. One second. T- let me tell you why. TCU's defense has played poor against good quarterbacks. You got Tanner Mordecai in this SMU game, throw up a lot of on him. Obviously, Casey Thompson in their Texas game threw a lot of on him. Uh, Texas, or Texas Christian has a very difficult time playing against good quarterbacks. And I think, and Dylan kind of pointed it out, that I think Henry Columbia kind of starts to become the X factor here. Because... Uh, West Virginia got the absolute worst of it, not having any tape on Columbia and then going into Columbia again and losing, no surprise, to Columbia again. Uh, so zero and two against Columbia. Uh, but now TCU's got a little bit of tape. And surprise, Columbia's a good clock manager. Columbia's a good passer. Columbia's a good captain on the field. So for TCU, it's okay. Um, for the past two weeks, we've played good quarterbacks and we've gotten beat. Uh, in a bunch of different ways we're going to play another good quarterback again how do we fix that and so for i don't i'm not really concerned about what does or does not sonny cumby know what i expect him to do is what he did to us last year uh, albie that find what works and punish him for it and i think that's going to be cumby's like how do i get back at tcu how do i win this game for texas tech and how do we go on to be five and one uh you know two and one in conference so you brought up TCU not struggling against good quarterbacks. You brought up Casey Thompson, Tanner Mordecai, both good quarterbacks. You've seen them play both good. I can't I can't argue about it. But I do got one guy I want to bring up. His name is Chase Garbage. He's a quarterback for Cal. Yeah. Um, against Nevada, he threw 25 or 38, 177 yards, had a pass rating of 108. Uh, against Washington State, was 14 for 30 for 152 yards and one interception. Against the Texas Christian Horn Frogs? 16 for 27, 309 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions for his season high 179.8 passer rating. Uh, it doesn't matter. Bad, good quarterback, bad quarterback. If they're an FBS starting quarterback, they're they're going to be able to pass the ball on this Horn Frog team. This Horn Frog team is just the secondary of all uh, um, of all of them, which is kind of a weird thing to say, has not been good. 
Henry Columbia, I do think, is going to be able to feast on this def- on this secondary because they haven't been good. I watched. I don't know if y'all saw the um, they they him and Loic Fungi did a recap of the big play they had in the fourth quarter there. And uh, it was a great recap. But one thing I noticed from it was is that, man, Columbia is just reading the defense. Loic wasn't his go-to on that play. Or wasn't wasn't the design go-to on that play. They just had com- chemistry, they had continuity, and Henry and Columbia just was able to read the defense and say, bingo, let's go, let's go with the, the go route, get my guy Loic here, and we're good to go. And that, again, that's another place where he really improved. Last year we talked about Columbia was seemed to be a one-read quarterback. We didn't really see him read much defense last year. But the fact that I was even able to just see his progression there, and 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 I, not not just there, but he saw plays where he's sitting in the pocket and reading the defense, going through his progressions, doing all of that stuff, and he's able to do that against, I mean, honestly, better defense. West Virginia is a much better defense than TCU yep. is at the, at this stage well, this year. They're much better, and he was able to probably and really a well. quarterback who's able to go through progressions. You know, that's not there. This isn't there. Okay, that's there, and fire it. That's the sign of a veteran quarterback. And people, I mean, we don't associate Henry Columbia as a veteran quarterback because he's only played a handful of games in college football, but he's showing that he can do it. And and yeah, he's got chemistry with some of those receivers because he was taking maybe first team snaps in the mix first team and second team snaps so he's thrown to all these guys and and i think they trust him and they believe in him so and credit to our o-line as well if he's able to get to his third progression that means he's got time we dragged this o-line for weeks and now it seems like josh berger as center has solved our problems ethan card sliding the right guard yeah our offensive line seems better than it was and that and it's hard to explain well, so if Dawson Deaton is back, I do expect him to be back in the lineup. But I do agree with you with Josh Berger at center. Maybe Dawson Deaton doesn't go back to center. Maybe he goes back to guard and, and kind of have Ethan Card playing that that uh, a rotating, ro- uh, you know, that because ro- he also Ethan Card can also play backup tackle mm-hmm. as well. So kind of playing that rotating uh, uh, situation there. But that's but you're right. The O line, the O line played out astounding without its best player last week. And they keep it up against the TCU D line. That's still, I mean, as we talk, we've kind of crapped on the TCU defense this episode, but they're they're front seven. They're D-line. they still get after the quarterback. They're not going to just sit I mean, back. Gary Patterson definitely likes bringing. Let's the not forget what Oshawn Mathis did to us last year. I keep going back to last year, but that dude was a bad boy. Yeah. No, for sure. So we talked about Henry Columbia. We've kind of already gone to the receivers. We talked Eric Izukama, like we just said, is still in concussion protocol technically. We don't know if he's going to play or not in this game. I did mention Loic Fungi. Has anyone um, heard one guy anything we about Taj Brooks? That's another <laughs> one. We have not heard okay. anything about Taj Brooks. A lot of our skill players are, are are kind of, we don't know. But guys that have stepped up, so Roderick Thompson, no surprise to anybody that he stepped up. Kalen Geiger has now become WR1. Yeah, Right, he's led he's led Tech in each of the last three games in, in receiving yards. Um, so, I mean, who who do we expect to see as, especially if Ezukama and Brooks are still out, who are we expecting to see really step up uh, from the skill positions? I mean, you kind of we you talk. I mean, Geiger is. I mean, Geiger's been the breakout that I I did not expect this from him this season. And if throughout the first couple of games, we were really focusing on as focusing on Ezekama, and I was like, okay, well, okay, this is great, but this is gonna have we got to vary it up because Texas Tech, we got a bunch of dudes out there, sling it everywhere. Um, with Columbia coming on the scene, Columbia goes through like we talked about, man. He's going through all these reads and finding the open receiver, and we are finding a lot more receivers throughout the game, like West Virginia. 
we tossed to so many dudes and we saw a lot of athleticism from a bunch of different guys. And I think that like in a game like this where TCU's defensive backs are struggling, you not don't necessarily want to key up on one dude. Feed it to whoever's open because the likelihood of them being on the ball to make a deflection is going to be fairly low against our athletic receivers. And we have a number of them. So, I mean, Geiger, I want to see more fungi. Of course, Dalton Rigdon getting in back in the mix. Miles Price has been showing a little bit more life. Uh, give me give me the big guys in Travis Koontz and Mason Tharp. I mean, just sling the ball around because if TCU is having issues against the passing game, pass the ball. Like, it, it seems simple enough. The one name you didn't you didn't mention, and I didn't mention it when I was in my uh, article. I wrote an article this week <laughs> for Frogs of War. Uh, Jaron Bradley. Oh, exactly Jaren that's where you're Bradley. going. <laughs> yeah, Jared. Look, he he played last week. Played pretty well last week in both blocking and he, he made a couple catches against West Virginia. He is a very very good receiver. He's somebody that I was really excited to. You know that gif uh, uh, in Wolf of Wall Street where he's pointing on the TV. That's that's oh, how I was when I saw Bradley. Uh, out on wh- the field. Once upon a time in Hollywood, <laughs> everyone is being upset at Ali right now. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, you're right. right <laughs> other right, Leo right, movie, right, but yeah, just the other uh, Leo movie. Yeah, beer in hand. Yeah. Oh, hold on. I yeah, got this. So that's what when I saw Jaron Bradley. There it is. There we go. There <laughs> no we one go. else can see it. Oh, when but. I saw Jaron Bradley on the field, <laughs> when I saw Jaron Bradley on the field, I was like, yes, there we. we he is every bit of that. That he's a six foot five, two twenty, two freshman, and he can go and, and really, you know, a big body guy that can really go and get the ball. So I'd be excited to see if he's. I know I seemed like their plan originally was to redshirt him. He still got two games to burn. This could be a game where we see him burn again. So I'm um, interested. Any thing that we want to think about when it comes to Donovan Smith? We saw him in the West Virginia game. Will we see more of him in this game? I. Mm. I'm kind of with you, Albert. You hope not. I know you're not a two quarterback kind of guy. The the rotating, and I'm with you. I I don't. I'm not a big fan of it either. Uh, maybe you try it out on goal line situations. That's a situation where I'm I'm pro dual quarterback system. But yeah, I, I think Jeremy said I hope not, and uh, I'm with that. And it's not a knock so against Donovan Smith. It's just I don't want. No, it's no, just no, no, I don't no. want to see it. I will say this. I and it, yeah, I've made my feelings really clear as far as like two quarterback systems. Don't like it. But you did bring up a great point. Goal line situations where you don't switch back, I think it does work. Right? Don't do and, and Neil Brown did this with West Virginia uh, a couple times. I think it's I, that I just don't agree. Where you put and hey, they put Garrett Green, their backup Wildcat quarterback, in the game, and then brought him back out to bring in Jared Dagey. Now you're just now you're just killing your quarterback's confidence you're you're bringing him in from the cold from the sideline that's just not a best way to do it but if you're at first and goal and you decide to bring donovan smith in and you say you know what the next three four plays that's all you kid right don't do don't switch him back and forth um i think that's where it works out better but henry columbia can run like we don't have to act like he's like he's immobile like he's just a stick in the middle of the forest there like he can run we can these plays are running for donovan smith as much as i like donovan smith we can also run him for henry columbia and it would and be just fine um but i do i will say this i do like how dynamic the offense was especially in the first half against west virginia i hope we see a lot more of it in this dcu game and i think considering who the team is we will see a lot more of it so so it's now getting to the Part of the podcast for predictions. Jeremy, who is going to be your offensive player of the game in this game against TCU? 
I think Sir Roderick Thompson is going to, the way that Sir Roderick Thompson was looking at the at the end of the West Virginia game really seemed like he was getting a lot of his mojo back, a lot of the confidence, a lot of the steam behind his run. I'm excited to watch Thompson in this game, and I think that he's going to actually have a really big game as TCU worries a lot about the like the passing game. <laughs> oh, sorry, Sir Roderick. Uh, Sir Roderick, I'm sorry. It's not how I'm breaking it now. Tears <laughs> <laughs> takes curse strikes again. I'm breaking it now. Strikes, Dude, would you I'm imagine sorry. if he I'm goes so down? Sorry. We're screwed. I, come on, Dylan. Who's your offensive player of the game? I find this really hard to pick. I I, I really think it's going to be offense by committee. I think you're going to see six wide receivers catch passes, make a difference, make big plays. Uh Maybe this is a shot in the dark. Maybe this is just me wanting to see this guy step up. I love Miles Price. I just think he's electric. I, I love that we, we hand him the ball on sweeps. I, I want to see him get involved, and I think this is a week, especially if Eric Izukanma doesn't play, where Miles Price could have a big impact on this on this on this game. <laughs> big <laughs> So I'm not going to pick Henry Columbia because I think that's uh, if Tech wins this game big, it's going to be Henry Columbia having a big game, and that's and that's great. But that's that's a, that's a cop out answer. I'm not going to pick that one. Uh, Jeremy, I got a question for you. Who was the guy that had the really big play with Henry Columbia against Texas? The young receiver that we had. Oh, somebody from West Texas, I think, out there in Permian. The one with the funny name. Yeah, is he this? Is he the same guy that has scored another long, long? Uh, he didn't score a touchdown, but another long play in this West Virginia. He did game? get caught, and I was kind of, <laughs> I hated that, but I, 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 I think well, I put down. It's kind of like this same guy was with Henry Columbia on the second team, and has kept that continuity. And ever since Henry Columbia became the starting quarterback, he's been one of our better receivers. And that's Loic Fungi, and I think he's going to have another big game. He's going to get at least one big catch in this game, if not multiple big catches in this game. And I've, I've been. T- Team Loic ever since he was a high school senior uh, and a tech commit. I think he's the I think he is the next great Texas Tech wide receiver after Ezukanma. Uh, and we're just seeing the beginning of the Loic Fungi. I want to say that's a really that's cool storyline that you kind of brought up to the fold there. Two second team dudes like that. Making the good connection on second team. And up, oh, guess what? Now we're first team. <laughs> yeah, I mean Henry Henry Columbia listens to the pod, of course. Of course so that's his why his dad he, does. That's why he does it, and he wants to make sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, all right, defensive side of the ball. Let's switch it over to the other side. Jeremy, who you got as your defensive player of the game? Oh man, uh, I think if we I think if we go with this spy thing, it's going to be Rico Jeffers. Like that's where my heart goes uh, because Rico Jeffers is going to make the difference again. This is us assuming people that we're going to do a spy defense and that Rico is going to be the guy. I I mean it's easy to pick Gollum Schooler always because you know no matter where he is on the field he's got an impact but I think that Rico Jeffers is going to make a really big impact uh floating around the middle of that field and oh, stifling the run the like the run proficiency that TCU has yeah I mean Schooler has been like top three in player defensive player of the game every game yeah. had this year yeah. So, yeah. so it's yeah. a pretty safe bet if you went Schooler uh Dylan who you got yeah I would love to say Colin Schooler but the in the interest of some variety here I do think it has to be someone in the front seven you know, if we win this game, it's because we've stopped Zach Evans. We've stopped Zach Max Duggan from running. Um, give me the third best linebacker on this team, someone who hasn't shown up as much as we might have liked compared to last year because he 
bursted on the scene last year. Give me Krishan Merriweather. Uh, Jacob Ma- I just, Jacob Morgenstern. No, Jacob Morgenstern. Well, it could oh, be, but, I mean, Morgenstern kind of fits that description too. You're right. But Krishan Merriweather, I just think he's one of the best run stuffers we have on this team. And, and, and I think that's the key of the game. So if Krishan Merriweather shows up and stuffs the run, gets at Zach Evans, we, we have a great chance at winning this football game. Krishan Merriweather is such a big body. <laughs> He's such a big body. Bowls over. He does, and he doesn't get blocked very easily, right? He bowls over blocks, sheds blocks very easily. Great guy. Um, I'm, I'm kind of on the same line of thought. Somebody in the front seven. I'm going to go the guy that Jeremy hyped up earlier in this episode, Jalen Hutchins. Jalen Hutchins has been such a beast this year. And I think his ability to take – there's sometimes – I think one of the reasons why our run defense has been so good, Jalen Hutchins takes up two, sometimes even three blocks. Yeah. By himself. Like more kisses to your grandma, Jalen. Oh my god, he's wanna see crazy. it. So especially in a situation where if we are rushing three max seconds back there, there we have seen Hutchins legitimately rushing three, taking on two blocks, shedding both of them, and getting the sack. And it's and anytime that we can uh force Doug in one way, that just helps our linebackers get the tackle. And I think Hutchins has done that a couple times already. Did it with Daigie last in this last game. Uh, and I think we're gonna see more of it. So That'll be big in this game. Um, so, because of this game, what's your predictions, guys? Dylan, you go first. What do you see in this game? Man, I've gone back and forth on this game. I, I, I've, I still don't know if I've necessarily decided. I think the difference to me is it's home. It's a night game. It's TCU and we're blacked out. Um, I think that's the difference in this game. I remember once upon a time when I was at Texas Tech, it was a night game against TCU, and I think it was Davis Webb came in, led Texas Tech to a dub, a backup quarterback. Davis Webb, baby. Backup quarterback. So because it's a blackout game at home, give me the Texas Tech Red Raiders, and it's in line with my uh, my season predictions that Texas Tech is better than TCU. So. Oh, spicy. All right, Jeremy, what's your prediction? <laughs> the, the hard part for me is all of the question marks revolving around our roster right now. I mean, um, you know, Azukama, questionable. Brooks, questionable. Pearson, questionable. Uh, Deaton, questionable. Probably not coming back. But um, <clears throat> for me, it's like if we have if we have Azukama back, if we have Brooks back, um, if we have Pearson back, like that adds a like that adds a substantial jump in the talent and the depth at any one of those positions, any one of those pieces of like the whole field strategy, that it, it tilts substantially in Texas Tech's favor. This game is extremely close for me. Um, that I think that, like Dylan's saying, like it is it is in Lubbock, it is at night, so there is a little bit of an advantage there. There's an expectation to be pretty sold out. Um, <clears throat> blackout game, you know, crazy stuff happens in Lubbock, guys. Uh, but I do think this game is going to be a lot closer than we want it to be. I think that TCU has a tremendous run game. And although like it, it, we've done well against the run, we've done semi poorly. We've done well, we've done poorly against quarterbacks who can also run. And so this spread is like what two TCU right now, two and a half TCU. I like that spread, but I like it in Texas Tech's favor. So give me Texas Tech, but give me like Texas Tech to. <clears throat> I mean, it's going to be a very close game. Both of y'all going Texas Tech, huh? So, do you know the last time uh, Tech 
had a starting quarterback play in this game. 2017, we have not had a starting quarterback play in this game. Jet Duffy was the backup back-to-back years, both times played in this game. Uh, Henry Columbia played in this game last year well, as so the who backup. Who was the last starter? The last starter was Nick Shimanek. Shimanek. Nick Shimanek is the last starter. My guess was Daigie, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Shimanek was the last starter to play in this game. Um, and, uh, I mean, since then, I mean, Duffy did win in 2018, but Tech hasn't won 2019. Lost, uh, we already talked about last year's game uh, and how we lost with Henry Columbia. I mean, last week was it was cool because, right, Matt Wells just had West Virginia's number. Uh, Matt Wells has not had t- Gary Patterson's number, has not had TCU's number, to, regardless of the quarterback is, regardless of the team is, just hasn't hasn't been there. I, like you, Dylan, have gone back, back and forth, back and forth on who's going to win this game. Because at the end of the day, uh, TCU has that two-headed monster of Max Duggan and Zach Evans. They're the closest thing to Texas. We got smacked by Texas. So they are scary. I don't know where to go on that. Yet I still picked Tech to win 31-27. I, I can't explain. This may be this may be a weird homerism pick. I I'm I feel really weird with the fact that ha- what feels like half the team is hurt or or going to be coming off of injury. Um, this is not a game that Tech should win, but I actually am picking Tech to win this game mostly because I just don't trust TCU. I really hate that it's, all it's, three I, of us have just picked Tech to win. That's a death sentence yeah, we're gonna, waiting we're, to happen. Yeah, we're gonna lose this game for, for sure. Actually, I'll, well, yeah, for sure, it's, it's gonna happen. But I'll, and I was I was hoping Jeremy was gonna go against uh, the game, but uh, I was so close, it's, man. It, look, yeah, well, it, it's it's I just don't trust TCU more than anything. I mean, I I think that's where I'm at with the reason why I'm picking this Tech game. I'm like you, Dylan, the fact that it is home, home. It's it's at home. It's homecoming. It's a night game. It's a blackout game. The old the uh, we're gonna be wearing throwbacks in this game. The crowd's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be 60,000 60, plus people in the stadium. So the crowd's going to be amazing. And um, I, but the last time the 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 last time Tech fan base was up for a game was a couple weeks ago against Texas, and so you know Matt Wells doesn't like it when the fan base likes him, so it could very well not go our way. We all predicted Tech to win this game, so which means it most likely won't go our way. Uh, but you know, we'll see. You did mention it. Though. I will say before this, the season, spiciest uniform combo in Texas Tech history. Like this we will is look it. good. Oh, Whether we'll or not we win we'll or lose, we will sure. look fly as hell. I will say, before the season started, I did say that uh, the three-game stretch at Texas, at West Virginia, at home against TCU, I expect the Tech to win one of those three games. I think the both of you expect the Tech to win two of these three games, leading to an 8-4 and four record, and I said 7-5. So, I mean, this is... Tech's four and one right now. If we win this game, we're five and one. Your eight and four prediction is looking pretty good. Plus, you got a game at right? you got a game at Kansas next. Before so, yeah. Kansas, and there's a chance. Yeah, well, this would be this would be five and one before the Kansas game. Um, Luke hope for Do- uh, hope for minds would get a substantial donation if Tech wins this game because we would have won our bet with uh, Danny Daniel. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it would just be, it would be great. I think this would be a game tech can go out and beat a TCU team that simply just hasn't looked great this year. This would be, this could be tech turning the corner, right? The more I watch the West Virginia game, the more I'm like, man, maybe this was a fluke game. 
Because it was, it, was it was a pretty wild game. But if, if Tech is able to beat TCU, maybe this legitimately is the team turning the corner. If West Virginia was a but fluke we'll and Texas was a fluke, who are we? We're flukes. Nobody <laughs> knows. <laughs> Nobody. And in the article I wrote how Texas played five games, two of them looked every bit of the team that we thought they could be, which is the West Virginia game and the Houston game. And then you have two where we look like Kansas South, SFA and Texas. Right, like that's that. I mean, it is what like that's the where we are. But I think this TCU game potentially tells us a little bit more, breaks the mold a little bit. That being said, I'm not TCU still like we've talked about all episode about how good they can be. If this is a high scoring game, I might even take TCU on it. They they have the better offense in my opinion, or at least a better run game with the the the, the better two headed monster. Um, but. Tech might actually have the better defense, which I, I don't Things even... Things have changed here. I, I, Things have I don't changed. Even like, I don't even like saying that. I don't even like saying that. But they let Cal, they, they let Cal put up 34 If our points, two-headed monster points, is right healthy, up. I would take ours, but we don't know. We don't know, man. Taj, that's the Taj part. Brooks and Sir Thompson, that's better than what they have. At least we know Zach Evans is not going to run the ball 35 times. 34 times, oh, maybe. But not 35. He will not run the ball. <laughs> because he's never times. done it before, right? Don't don't check the history. You never know. <laughs> no. Uh, what, what, before we get out of here, um, I usually ask you all to say one more thing to the people. Instead, Dylan, I want you to tell us what lie do you think Gary Patterson will say in, after this game is over? Oh, boy. Done put me on the spot here. Uh, pass. <laughs> Jeremy, what lie do you expect from Gary Patterson after this game is over? Uh, something about the locker rooms not being appropriate or there's some kind of mistake, like I couldn't get the bathroom door. I don't know. Some facility there was, issue. There was a smell Market. in Lubbock that threw our team off. <laughs> you know, I think he's going to bring back an oldie but a goodie. Batteries. Yep. <laughs> an oldie but the batteries, batteries. Two he's gonna bring it, he's gonna bring it back yeah you know let's bring like, batteries ah, back love it those Lebuckins Lebuckites they love throwing the their batteries I, I would like I to do I, I did have a, one more thing actually prepared for this podcast it's something we haven't done in a while if you've listened this far in this podcast you obviously either really like or really hate what you're hearing. Let us hear it. Go to Apple Podcasts. Hit us with a review. Give us some feedback. You want to hear something? You want to add something? We, we want to know what you want. We're trying to... This is for you guys. Give us a review. Follow yeah. us on Twitter. Slide in those DMs. Get on our Instagram. We crush it on Instagram. We are Insta-famous. Thanks to our, our graphic design Social media manager extraordinaire. Yeah, I don't even know what to call her anymore because she's doing everything for us. Kenzie, shout out. She's fantastic. Uh, Yeah, get at us on social. Yeah, help update our outdated reviews from a long, long time ago before our era. (laughs) Yeah. And follow us on Facebook. Yeah, that's right. We're on Facebook. We're on the boomer machine. for all of you... For all all of you that are my age and up, 30s and up, (laughs) listening to this... Uh, follow us on Facebook um, if it does if it's not crashed and they haven't destroyed our democracy. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> anything you want to say to the people, Jeremy? Nope, I'm out. Alrighty, Jeremy's got a soccer a late night soccer game to get to because he likes playing soccer at like ten o'clock at night for some weird reason. Um, so for uh, Pele, that is Jeremy Gillen. For our producer extraordinaire, that is Dylan. This is Albie Shore. You've listened to the Tortillas and Takes podcast powered by guns up nation 
As always, stay wrecked, people.